0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Welcome to Lent. Welcome also to this year's midweek series. It's called Honest Repentance, for which it is my task tonight to introduce you to this series and set the table for visiting pastors from sister congregations nearby who will come each week and they will share the gospel in their particular um, word of the Lord. That's going to be for the next five weeks or so, and you'll hear just a slightly different angle on the same theme, our Lenten theme of um, honest repentance. That's our round robin, and the overall goal is that God's people will come to see even more clearly and appreciate what a truly precious gift to God's church, and to you, God's people, this thing called repentance really is. We don't always think of repentance in that way, do we? A blessed gift. In fact, it oftentimes can sound rather intimidating to our sensitive ears. It can sound even burdensome, like really hard work on our soul life, along the lines of perhaps deep psychoanalysis or something like that, where you're prodded to dredge up unresolved resentments and face suppressed emotions and the like. Honestly, uh, repentance and the call to repent can sometimes be handled in that way, or should I say mishandled. Because what we want to see from God's Word is that far from being a burden, repentance is very much an un burdening of the soul. It's freeing, truly is. And like so many things that we receive when we come into God's house, repentance is a gift, a free gift of God that's designed to lift our spirits, not dampen them. In fact, one of the things that we'll see is how we complicate matters for ourselves. We burden our own souls, ourselves, when we feign, uh, that is when we practice dishonest repentance. You mean there's such a thing as dishonest repentance? Well, as the Lutherans in Fargo say it, you betcha. It was during the Lenten season, one dark night, when two men found themselves walking down the same dark alley at the same time. Only just one of them was aware of this fact until the second guy felt the gun barrel of the first guy poke him right in the middle of the back. All right, buddy, I want you to turn around real slowly and hand over all your cash. Everything you got. Well, the victim was actually a priest on his way home, which the robber didn't realize until the priest did just what he said. He turned around slowly, and that's when the robber saw his collar and rather shocked exclaimed, "Oh, father, I'm so sorry. I, I had no idea. I'm Catholic." Had I known, well, the penniless priest's heart was still pounding and wanting to further de-escalate the situation, he remembered that he still had a pack of Tipperillo cigars in his inside coat pocket. Son, he addressed his assailant, why don't you join me in a smoke? Oh, no, father, protested the robber. I gave up smoking for Lent. (laughs) Okay, that's dishonest repentance dishonest repentance comes about when we disown our sin if we claim to be without sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us saint john writes to his beloved church audience he continues in this first epistle if we say we have not sinned we make god out to be a liar and his word is not in us from first john 1 you see, nobody is happy, not God, not ourselves, when we fail to agree with God's word, when we fail to confess our sin. That New Testament word, confess, is in the Greek, homo legio, which simply means literally same words, or to agree with God's assessment of us honestly about where we are at. We need Lent repent because it's our bent never to relent. And I never thought I would rhyme something like that. But by our dishonest repentance, uh, we actually come by it honestly. It was our very first parents, Adam and Eve, in the garden after the fall who invented the blame game and they distanced themselves from their own sins that they committed. Now, that gets passed on down, and we struggle against that very same tendency today, don't we? We struggle against disowning and distancing ourselves from the sins we commit, and we fail to own up to our sins of omission as well. So, then are are Christians hypocrites because we fail to practice what we preach? And you know, you often hear that cited by folks who stay away from church because they say there are so many hypocrites in the pews. Well, what would you say to somebody with that kind of assessment of the church? I like to just agree flat out. That is, I confess. Yes, every last soul in our church is hypocritical to some degree or another, including the pastor, And there's always room for one more hypocrite to join us as we together sincerely confess that sin of hypocrisy and many more sins besides that. Now, that wasn't that hard, was it? I'll tell you what's much harder. It's much harder to walk along life's road holding in, suppressing the truth about one's own sin and guilt, not asking for pardon from anyone, and most of all, avoiding our holy God whose universe it is that I'm strutting around in and making him a liar, out to be a liar when he says, repent, and then I reply, of what? But again, while that is harder to live that way in terms of peace of mind, it is nevertheless our first language, our native tongue, passed down and spoken by Adam's fallen house and then his whole wayward race. So Lent then is a season that's here to help. It's a prescription for the sick and the, those who can admit that they need a physician, a healer of the soul. On these Wednesday nights, for the next five or six weeks, as I mentioned, different pastors will come at a different angle on this challenging but very rewarding topic of repentance. Ahead, you'll hear about all sorts of dimensions to repentance. For example, how repentance specifically relates to God's law, which God embedded in creation and expressed through his countercultural community uh, once his laws in the universe had been violated. You'll also be hearing about repentance and its relation to purification, repentance and salvation, Uh, repentance as well, and faith. Faith. Now that last one, repentance and faith, that's a very important one because as we've learned lately from Mark's gospel, which we've been focusing in on Sunday mornings of late, repentance and faith are key to Christ's ministry. Our Lord Jesus, while out of his great compassion for ruined lives and broken hearts that he encountered on en Moss as well as receiving people with diseased organs and limbs and people who were demonically oppressed, he healed them all. Yes, he did. But he was also emphatic that that still was not his primary mission. His primary mission was to preach. And he stated that multiple times. And what did he preach? He preached succinctly, repent and believe. That's repentance and faith, isn't it? Jesus preached, repent and believe the gospel. And believing the gospel is putting your faith in him. Though he doesn't come at it all at once, does he? He silenced the demons who pronounced who he was. He even instructed those that he healed or those he revealed himself to, to not tell anyone until, until he was risen from the dead. You remember that? But as we shall see now, Jesus is not only the center of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He is written also on every page of the Old Testament as well. As Luther liked to say it, find Christ on every page. So in each of these subtopics on repentance, then, you'll hear about In the coming weeks, you'll see and you'll hear too how Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all those Old Testament tales of old. Jesus one time rebuked the supposed Bible scholars of his day, the scribes and the Pharisees, saying, You search the scriptures diligently, for in them you think you have eternal life, but these are they which testify of me. Yet you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. They would not believe. They would not put their trust in Jesus the Christ. Rather, they risked their eternal security on their bloodline. They were, after all, descendants of Abraham. This earned them then, when they spoke that out, it earned them further rebuke from our Lord, who was seeking to persuade them to repent and believe in him, the sin-bearer, the Lamb of God who takes away their sins and the sin of the entire world. Jesus, as the perfect representative of his Father, the Father who sent him, he was not interested in their hypocritical sacrifices at the temple, even their hypocritical praise off of their own lips, while their hearts were far from him. Rather, Jesus was trying to move them to honest repentance, As our Psalm 51 declares, For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. From Psalm 51. God is seeking those today who will worship him in spirit and in truth. For even though God has chosen his people way back in Abraham's day, well, even then, they were good representatives of the whole human race as stiff-necked people and very slow to believe. You recall the amazing miracles that God sent his servant Moses to perform among them the ten plagues. These were done on behalf of God's people who were crying out for deliverance from bondage to slavery in Egypt. Moses miraculously secures their freedom and leads them out of Egypt. You know the story. But so slow to believe were they. At the first sign of trouble, instead of believing in, trusting in their God who delivered them, once they were backed up to the Red Sea, they started grumbling to Moses saying, Is this not what we said to you in Egypt Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die out here in the wilderness. Whew, some heavy-duty grumbling going on there, Exodus 14. Well, having escaped on dry land in that scene, when Moses parted the waters, they later continued complaining about the desert menu. Quail, manna, once again... They again voiced their regret that they were not eating Middle Eastern delicacies back in Egypt. They longed for that baklava, and there I can't blame them. That's good stuff. But how hard it is, even for those surrounded by God's love and protection and God's care and provision, how hard it remains to repent and believe. If people don't acknowledge and give thanks to God for those tangible, concrete ways that he is moving in their lives, like in the ancient stories, parting the Red Sea, gushing water from a desert rock, defeating one's visible enemies, well then how hard will it be to see the Lord Jesus Christ as a fulfillment of all those Old Testament pictures that foreshadow his advent, his long-promised advent, to defeat even greater enemies of the human race, visible and invisible, including the sin which is our enemy within each one of ourselves. At the beginning of the sermon, I talked about how freeing it is to repent, confess, and believe. And freeing it most certainly is. But it's not easy. It's not easy and it's not natural for a sinner to repent. In fact, let's go all the way, it's impossible. It's impossible on our own, by our own power, and by our own reason. But it is a blessing that comes through God's promise, the gospel. To quote St. Paul, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the message of Christ. Paul is talking about that message that the sent preachers were sent to preach, which is the same message for you, Tonight, out of God's love, deeper than any valentine love of human or hallmark origin, Jesus Christ, from the foundation of the world, has had you in mind. You're not an afterthought. He did come to die for you. He has washed you clean from all your sins in the baptismal waters of regeneration. Your deliverance through the Red Sea, if you will. And tonight... He feeds you his body and blood to strengthen your faith in him, the one who is the Passover lamb. Tonight he not only invites you to repent and believe by all that, he empowers you to honestly repent and believe. Believe that and enter the blessing of honest repentance. Amen. And now may he who began this good work in you bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. Amen.